0: Welcome to the Maneuver Meta, where I, and sometimes Paul, discuss the evolving meta in Flames of War Version 4, Late War. I'm Lexi, and I've been playing Flames of War on and off for around 11 years. While I've played on and off, I've continually collected a large German, American, and Soviet armies. At the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, I dragged my roommate Paul kicking and screaming into the Flames of War community. So, let's declare our stance to maneuver and ready our reserves. Lexi here. I'm going through editing this and I believe there was a fan from one of my printers idling. So there's a whirring noise in the background. Uh, I've tried to remove it as best I can, but um, it's still present, so I'd like to apologize for that. And uh, the next episode's recorded, I will make sure to have everything turned off. Not just the fish tank. So. I want to thank everybody for listening, and hope that this doesn't ruin the experience for you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Manoeuvre Meta. With us here today, once again, is Danny. Hi. And for those of you watching on Patreon, you'll see that I was actually able to point to him because we are, as it's backwards, I think. I don't know. We're recording. Ooh, look at my hands. We we have a, we have a video footage for the patrons, and it's going I to be the new thing. Also, have hands. Yes, and he has a face too. <laughs> it's not just me doing a ventriloquist bit. Right.
1: Uh
0: But, so, yes, that's the uh, new bit for Patreon. I'll be having an announcement going out, hopefully a little bit before this video, so that it's notified. But if I don't have my act together, this is going to be the main thing the patrons get now. Is they're going to be getting a... basically a little video feed of the podcast. Whereas, uh, everywhere else is just going to have this audio that they can listen to. Uh, so, yeah. Today's topic is, uh... Artillery for Flames of War V4. However, before we go into that, we're going to have our little little quick bang starter segment bit. Uh, Hobby, hobby hobby-wise, hobby streak. Um, I have gotten my Dragonfall, Team Yankee bits. They all have paint on them now. They're in various stages of completion. The thing I just finished last night was my spigot missile teams, because with the way that I had painted them, the half of the teams were on nails and the other half were on the bases, so I was like, I need to finish this all the way, otherwise I'm just going to completely I'm going to lose the three on nails. Yeah. Uh, so then I got camo to do on the T-55s and the BTRs, and then I got to do some uh, some touch-ups on my Flames of War stuff for Dragon Ball as well, but pretty minor outside of that, doing some printing, printing some, uh, got got a new uh, filament printer so I've been printing, trying to get that calibrated so I can print more terrain. Um, and then otherwise I don't think that there's that much else that I've been doing outside of that because I've been running the resin printer on commissions. I just knocked out a whole bunch of, uh, French stuff for him, for Team Yankee. So will be joining that game. Yeah. But uh what about you for your hobby
1: hobby streak? So I have a bunch of uh Domiler and Dingo armored cars and some M tens that you I have to paint for out. Dragon <laughs> Yeah, you yeah I, shut up. <laughs> 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 well, yeah. yeah. The, the M10s yeah. <laughs> I the M tens are I have to run two units of them. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, most of your stuff is already done. You yeah. Know, the uh, the French stuff is only going to be the next big project. But you're telling me that's just like a a pre Christmas thing from your family yeah, to probably. make it work. Uh, but anyway, so then today's rules lawyer question that I went over a bit, a little bit uh, before this with Danny is um, a scenario where you have a unit inside of a transport, and the transport gets destroyed, and trying to figure out if The unit is pinned then disembarks from the transport or disembarks and is then pinned and if the transport is surrounded by friendly bailed transports all touching it and then the only gap that the infantry can get out is towards the enemy that destroyed it what would happen and what was your answer danny
1: uh i I don't know i think that happens rarely enough that you just have to Play it in whatever way it makes sense. I don't think that the infantry teams would be destroyed. Just place them wherever there's space.
0: Yeah, I think the term you used was gentleman's handshake.
1: Something like that. Where it, Yeah, that you, have that to, is, you have to shake hands yeah, on the, it. That yeah, that is That's
0: just. A, is this okay if this is how it works? Because rules is written. There's an argument for if they can't be deployed, they're destroyed. However, I don't think that many people I would. I wouldn't force it as a TO if one person
1: brought it up because I would be impressed that they went that deep into the rules as well. Usually just, when like something like that has. If there's a result like that for anything in a miniature game, it usually says explicitly in the rules that if that happens, they're Mm -hmm. destroyed. So it not saying that, in my opinion, means that just put them over their space. But without dragging
0: too much, this game also is not written with a competitive mindset in place. I mean, look at how many things... Anyway, I digress. Um, But yeah, Gentleman's Handshake, rules as written... I believe that there would be an argument to be had that it was destroyed, but I can also see your argument, too, that just because it doesn't say it doesn't make it so it isn't the case. Yeah. Uh, and then Rules Lawyer Version 2 that I just thought of, another thing with transports, A this is more Team Yankee because the Flames of War transports are more of a battle taxi than an actual fighting vehicle. Um, you have a infantry unit mounted in their transports, and the transports fail the last damn check. Do the infantry jump out, and the transports flee, or do the transports just drive off with the infantry in them?
1: Why wouldn't that be a Flames of War thing, too? Uh, not as common. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Sorry,
0: I was. It came up in a team. I'd, I'd have
1: to. I'd have to look at the rules. I'm not sure. Yeah,
0: because I've I've heard compelling arguments for both parts. That I do play transports. Did a gentleman's handshake, did oh a gentleman's handshake, and yes, uh, one of the ones I actually heard was really interesting was, I forgot who it was, but they said that their house rules if the infantry unit is pinned, it flees with the transport. If the infantry unit is not pinned, they have their wits about them to kick out the doors and say, hold, 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 as they jump out in the transport sleeve. And I thought that was a neat kind of middle ground on it. Yeah. You know, instead of just being, oh, well, mm, Transports leave; they're gone. And then I've also seen some people that just go, "Yeah, the transports just uh, auto disembark when they flee; that they just completely kick out." Mm-hmm. Um, but then the other question with that is, the unit flees. What happens to unit inside of a bailed vehicle that is still in there? You know. So what what would happen with that? You have a, you have a bailed transport, an infantry team is still inside of it. They didn't get out for some reason, and then the unit flees. As per rules, the transport is just destroyed.
1: Yeah, so then the infantry would get saved. Would have to take just a flat 3-plus save.
0: Or their flat infantry save.
1: Yeah, well, it could be a 4-plus.
0: As I found out playing Soviets (laughs) this weekend. But anyway... But yeah, so, Gentleman's Handshake, I think, is both of those instances, which I feel like the majority of our Rules Lawyer segment is that's going to be the common ground across the board of, if you can just Gentleman's Handshake that shit, just Gentleman's Handshake that shit. I like to argue rules, so I like to have a definitive yes or no. I I like to be happy while playing this game. Sorry. Fair. Fair. Um... Yeah, then that should be it. So we'll be going into our main segment today, which is a topic that Danny holds near and dear to his heart, which is, is British artillery bad? And in order to explain that, we're going to have to go through British artillery and then do a compare and contrast with what everyone else is able to take. Points, values, special abilities. Um, So this is going to be interesting in terms of Time limit. But, uh, we'll try and power through this real quick. So, British artillery, traditional artillery,
1: what options do you have? Okay, hold on. Before we actually get into it, Bulge British. It's not out yet, so we can't really talk about it. Yes, we, uh, I did think about doing that uh, little reaction video with it, but I don't have
0: access to enough of the information due to an actual reaction video outside of what's already publicly been posted, which, if I recall, comments and Challengers are seven points apiece.
1: Okay, but that's not artillery. Yeah, it's not artillery, but that's the only thing off like, the top listen, of just The next book, this Bulge British, might solve some of the issues that the British have with like yeah. D-Day British and Forger's Europe that we're talking about. Uh,
0: Breakthrough Assault, check out their site. Um, I think it was Fred Frank? I forget. It was a new writer that they brought on, and he did a part one competitive breakdown of Bulge British versus D-Day British, and his conclusion was it doesn't fix the problem of D-Day British being the better book it just allows you to have slightly more options because making it really, really quick everything that's better costs slightly more your 17 pounders have AT15 in that book instead of AT14 so that's another little points bump and then everything else with having slightly better stats is a slightly more points bump which we'll kinda get into that with the artillery and why we're asking if British artillery is bad where it almost turns into why will you pay x amount of points more for AT15 M10s when the AT14 ones do just fine
1: yeah you know?
0: okay. so that's that was that was that's all i've
1: really found on someone breaking it down that has access okay, to it but, uh, but back, to so, back to, to so we're only really going to be able to go over stuff that is already yes, fully out already out which so is d day the d day books so uh, british artillery options uh, you basically have uh, you have three actual artillery units uh, various different mortars and then a couple of alternatives to artillery which is something we're going to get into so for your like true artillery units so we're talking about like not a mortar it's an actual gun a howitzer Yeah, a it's, howitzer. A, it's a howitzer either uh, lorried on wheels
0: or mounted as a Self propelled gun. Self propelled gun, armored fighting vehicle, whatever designation the military decided to give it.
1: Yeah. Uh, so you've got twenty five pounders, which I think they used like by far the most of in uh, the actual war historically. Yeah, and it was it was it was
0: a home supplied unit with home supplied shells that they were just yeah. able to make them. So twenty
1: five pounders, you have priests, and then sextons, which a sexton is a self-propelled gun that has a twenty-five pounder. It's basically a priest, but with a twenty-five, with the twenty-five pounder. It gun, actually is it's... a completely different vehicle, but you use the Priest's stats yeah. pretty much because the it's it's on a, a ram. It. A ram is that
0: what the vehicle the no. thing it's called? No, no, it's its
1: own thing. Okay. Uh, okay. yeah. So the twenty-five pounders. Uh, it's 14 points for four of them or seven for two uh, They have an 80-inch range so pretty much the whole board anti-tank three uh, Firepower four plus and they can do smoke bombardments. They're fearless veterans uh, Gun shield all that stuff might target uh, And they also can direct fire and they get two shots from uh, a halted rate of fire, eighteen nine with a three plus firepower, and you know, they can direct fire smoke. But
0: it's not forward firing.
1: Yeah, it's not forward. So firing. it is.
0: That's, that's yeah. They the Yeah, that's nice.
1: So, uh, do you want me to get into like really details about the twenty five pounder, or like just move, over, or like go on to the priests and then we can talk more? Let's
0: to let's set a baseline for. The artillery options that you have, because mic okay. target is going to have to be something described when you're looking at all of your mic target options. Yeah,
1: that's the the three units we're talking about right now are the only ones that have mic target, so keep that in mind. Uh, priests are think the exact same stats as U.S. priests. Uh, same gun, same armor, fifty cal, all of that stuff. Uh, but. Their soft stats are different. They're hit on a 4+, which the the U.S. ones are hit on a 3+. They're fearless veterans, which the the U.S. priests... The U.S. priests are confident veterans. So... But the difference is that the British priests are 16 points for 4 of them, or 8 for 2, whereas the U.S. priests, if you pay 16 points, you get 6 of them, which means at if you haven't taken any casualties, uh, you get to re-roll missed hits. Or if you're min max and you're able to slap the three on for eight. Yeah. And then not have to worry about re-rolling successful yeah. hits. So let me put it this way. If you pay 16 points for four British priests, that is uh, almost the same artillery bombardment as eight points for three U.S. priests. Because so, it's even
0: ranging in on the same, right? Yeah, the same yeah they're scale both the veteran skill,
1: And yeah. the U.S. ones also have time on target, which is really yeah, which good.
0: Which we'll get into when we
1: hit the U.S. stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then Sexton's, they have the same gun as the 25-pounders. Uh, but, yeah, it's a self-propelled gun. That's actually the best option as far as... British artillery. Traditional, enough. traditional howitzer artillery. Yeah, so what cripples the 25-pounders and the sextons, though, is for all the points you pay for them, there's still only a 4-plus firepower, which, to put that into oh, wow. perspective, is the same as mortars. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then British mortars, we can talk about that now, right? Well, I think we can touch my target now. Okay. You know, are, it yeah, so right, I'll, okay,
0: I'll read that sense. here. So Mike Target is a, a, a special rule for British. Uh, so when a spotting team ranges in this unit, it may immediately roll to range in another unit with Mike Target. So if you have two units of 25-pounders, you successfully range in one, you almost create a little side instance of being able to attempt to range in another, your other unit. And then if you fail, you go back to the, yeah. the um, whatever attempt is the case and then if you succeed they've successfully ranged in and if i recall is it, that one attempt when you uh so first attempt fail second attempt succeed might target trigger you only get that one might target trigger yeah uh
1: and well so that's
0: that's the special rule
1: yes but like if then on your third attempt you successfully range in that second battery of 25 pounders, if you had a third one then you could might then target, you could that, might target, one target too. that one as well
0: so it enables you to be able to Basically, continually calling artillery onto the same spot. The idea is that it's, you need it doesn't have to be on the same spot. It's not the same spot. Oh no, no just anywhere. May yes. immediately roll to range in another unit. Oh wow, okay. So I was completely off on that. I thought that you were just calling it on the same spot. So no, you it doesn't can just be the same
1: spot. Wow. So basically, it's just giving you you get a free ranged in attempt. Yeah, on right a success. On. Yeah. The uh, so the idea is that you could range in a lot of artillery really quickly. The problem with this is that it's almost impossible to get a large amount of artillery in a decent British list because it's so expensive.
0: Yeah, because even you're discounted, taking discounted to make it so that they're lorry-mounted, or man-ported, you know, with 14. How many points are Four Sextons? Fourteen. Fourteen. So 14 points either way, if you're running Four Sextons or four 25-pounders, you're looking at a minimum of 28 points of artillery before counting a specialist observer if you're just using your formation commander to even have access to this rule where I feel like it will only really benefit and come into effect when you have three units of artillery. Yeah. Because the two units is neat, but the three is when it starts getting... When, when it would start getting wild. Where if you range in, first attempt you fail, second attempt you succeed, you roll to range in the other one, cool, success. Now he rolls on the third range in attempt on the... Unranged in one and you just got all three of your batteries ranged in with one observer.
1: Yeah. Uh so British artillery is really expensive that it's kinda of mid. Yeah. And Mike Target's expensive is, with the bad firepower. Yeah. Might target's not that great of a rule. So I just as an aside, we're only really talking about late war here. Yes. But in mid war, twenty five pounders are actually pretty decent.
0: Because they have that halted
1: two. Yeah, so the idea with 25 pounders is that, like, they actually have a really good direct fire thing for shooting at tanks. The problem is that, like, armor in late war is consistently, like, good enough that 18.9 really isn't all that much. Uh, whereas, like, in mid war, 18.9 is actually pretty good. So. For the
0: historians, the way that that basically works out is think in mid-war in North Africa and on the Eastern Front, a 75mm gun was a big gun. It was able to pretty reliably take out whatever was coming at it. Yeah. The 75mm guns fighting in Normandy, all of a sudden it wasn't doing so hot. The 75, 76mm guns on the T-34s during Operation Bagration... They had to really focus on getting around to the sides of stuff. They weren't able to just roll up on a Panzer Three. Or Kursk. Or, or a Kursk. Roll on roll up on a Panzer Three and just knock the front door in with it. Yeah. And so, by then the Germans had you know, the big cats Yeah, the big cats. Uh, they up armored
1: a lot of their older tanks. Yeah.
0: So that the seventy five wasn't as prevalent. And that's kind of seen because AT-9, AT-10 is around that seventy five millimeter mark. Yeah. And so in the war and
1: so the mid-war 25-pounders are 14 points. They cost the same. So you're paying the same points for a unit that is less relevant in the late-war yeah. setting. Like, even armor-6 tanks, you're not even really yeah. going to there's And there's, there's no way to...
0: Yeah, there's honestly no reason why they shouldn't have just, like, dropped two points off on them.
1: Yeah, that's that's what I think. But uh, They have the curse of being good at too many things, and some of those things aren't really relevant. Okay, so we have two directions we can go now.
0: We can go into artillery options, or non-artillery options, things that can fulfill an artillery role without being
1: artillery, or we can go into other nations, howitzers. We can talk about the, uh, the alternatives. At the end, At the end.
0: Yeah, okay,
1: perfect. Once we've fully established British yeah, artillery.
0: Is British really artillery. B- but before we go into Are we the gonna other talk about nations, mortars, or? let's talk about mortars before we go into other nations, because then we can just do a straight comparison of going traditional howitzers, porty, and man-ported, and, um, and uh, versus mortars. So British mortars, take it away. I'm being summoned. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Uh,
1: Basically, every infantry company that you can play for D-Day British has at least one slot for mortars. I'm not sure if any of them actually have two, but uh, you can take a unit of two, unit of four, unit of six. Uh, For the mortars that the three-inch mortars that regular rifle company can take. It's going to be six points for four of them, I think three points for two, and, you know, nine points for six. Um, So, just for the sake of comparison here, uh, you pay six points for four three inch mortars. That unit now has the same, uh, is just as good at shooting artillery at, like, infantry or AT guns as the 25-pounders are. They're both a four-plus firepower. They both have smoke. Um, Against tanks, it's a little bit of a different story. Uh, So, And then nine points if you want six of them. Uh, Airborne mortars are a little bit more expensive because they become fearless. So that's going to be, I think, 12 points for six of them, Uh, which is pretty expensive. Also, a little, like, diamond in the rough, I guess, is that uh, among British command cards, there's the 4.2-inch mortars, which are like the U.S. 4.2 chemical mortars. Uh, Three-plus firepower. Um, It's only nine points for four of them. So that is actually one of the best options that the British have, is take more... Take uh, the three-inch mortars and the 4.2-inch mortars. The only caveat with the 4.2s is you can only take them if you have a formation that can take uh, a eight. certain kind of three-inch mortars. Oh, okay. Uh, if if you read the card, it's got one of like the like the forces Special, code, like the yeah. LB. All like, oh, right. 100 whatever. The
0: the yeah. only thing with man-ported artillery to get into this for a little bit. So mortars. And like the traditional twenty-five pounders, is they can be pinned, and if and they're pinned, they, can't they cannot fire, fire artillery. artillery. So the twenty-five pounders, that's not necessarily as bad because you can still direct fire. But then again, that's more of a mid-war thing, yeah. Because you know? an eighty-nine, you... that's not going to help you dig yeah. out infantry, yeah, and exactly. And so then the uh, mortars are uh, same thing. Where if they get hit by an artillery bombardment or take enough MG hits, they're pinned. Uh, however, one of the huge Pluses for mortars in my book, especially the 82mm, the uh, medium mortars, they're man-ported speeds. Yeah. You know? So, they're able to move because I got the Soviet card here in front of me and a German card here in front of me, and it looks like the large 12cm mortars, which are the equivalent of the 4.2s, they only have a 4-inch tactical. Yeah, they only they move
1: like they're yeah. guns, yeah.
0: Yeah, and the other big thing with the mortars, too, is they are not gun teams, so they can be seen over. Yeah. So that's another thing with it. So it's interesting because for the British, at least, the big guns almost got neutered. And the main thing, from my point of view, not playing British, it's the 4-plus firepower. That's not scary to an artillery unit on an objective. Even if you are taking advantage of my target and running three units of 25-pounders... Yeah, sure, go ahead. You're, you're going to need to roll a 50% of the time you're going to pass that firepower check. And, and it's, three
1: units of 25-pounders would be how many points? Uh, Whatever, 14
0: times three is 36. No, no. 42. Yeah. 42. 42 points for three of them. So that's half your list. Yeah, half your list of just 25-pounders. And I See, I did not realize until today that they were a four-plus firepower.
1: Yes. I still thought they were that's three. That's why they're that so bad. awful. <laughs> Okay, uh...
0: But anyway, so... Artillery, traditional artillery, to quick recap, you have three roll- or three types. You have your mortars, you have your howitzers, that are either on a turntable or wheeled, and then you have your armored artillery options, yeah, which- Yeah, self-propelled can, ones. The self-propelled ones, which can cover both mortars and howitzers, because some nations have self-propelled mortars.
1: Oh yeah, that's the other thing I should mention. British don't have any armored borders. None of them. Uh, I'm just going to like, on the British tears. The, fucking, uh, the uh, Germans, U.S. Soviets don't. Soviets do don't have them either. They round roundabout. I'll get to that when we get to Soviets. Okay. But yeah, uh, armored borders are usually a good option because they're just, they're dirt cheap. And they're, they're dirt
0: cheap, cheap and an armored unit can't get pinned. Yeah, they're pretty good. You know, so like. We'll jump right into Americans right now. So, starting off with, we'll just go right with the mortars. We got a couple of options for mortars. You have, they have the command card that upgrades them to a 4.2. Yeah. The, the, I think it's actually the exact same command card because it's the exact same piece. How exact many points oh, Man, I don't remember off the top of my head. I'm pull it up on my phone. It's gonna take me too long to pull up on my phone, um, but it's. Uh, I do know that you have to have, the unit has to be able to take a um, eighty-one millimeter mortar. Yeah. Has to be able to take a medium mortar platoon.
1: That's pretty much how the British one yeah. works.
0: And so then the um, the American medium artillery or medium mortars, the eighty-one millimeters, you have them on man ported, and then you have them in the back of um, I think that's an M four half track. You have them in the back of a half track. M five. M five. No, that's a four. There aren't fours. <laughs> okay. But either way. So the big the big difference with these is the fact that the the armored ones can get hit by yeah. artillery and not get pinned. That is huge. Um, the one of the um, kind of special things with the American ones is their armored mortars are rear firing. That's not a good thing, but yeah. It's not a good thing, but the f- their 50 cal is only self-defense. So it does yeah. have a 360 firing arc. It's not a forward firing, so not as bad, but still bad, because you don't have the front armor one, which yeah. might not sound like much, but especially considering what the meta is spamming as many two centimeters and 50 cal as you can, having yeah. that one is huge. Uh, but they are anti-tank one, firepower four plus in both instances and then they both have a smoke bombardment. The rifle platoon, or the rifle company in Americans, they have an interesting option. Uh, they can take three 60 millimeter mortars for two points, which also gives them a smoke bombardment. The 60 millimeter mortar is only a 32 inch range. Mm-hmm. So it is a very small, very short range. It's basically two points for a 12 inch smoke bombardment, which isn't bad.
1: Yeah, like, okay, so just providing context here, if you get the sixty millimeter mortars, that is a really similar unit to having like four British three-inch mortars. Do you they, know how much that would cost you? More than two points. Six points. The only the only thing with this being two points is I
0: don't have the D-Day American cards. I have the Polish American cards, and so this is the battle weary one. I think yeah. the non-battle weary ones are three or four points because these are reluctant with a four-plus rally trained with a 5 plus assault and 3 plus tactics with careful and
1: 3 plus hit. So I know that they get um, Being trained actually does matter quite a bit. All of the British ones have a veteran skill. The 4 to 5 It's one of those weird things where
0: 4 going down to 3 is huge. Yeah, it's absolutely huge. Yeah. Uh, where it's, it's, statistically, it's the exact same as any other step, but it's huge. Yeah. But, but anyway. So I, th-
1: I think the British mortars aren't that bad, but they, like, you still have to pay a significant price to get yeah. mortars. Yeah. And then the uh, armored mortars... Um,
0: this is the big one. They are three points, and this is the regular confident version. You get the battle weary ones, they're two points. Mm-hmm. Two points for three, uh, for three of them, which is huge... Because I've had awkward instances where I fired the smoke bombardment and then I rolled them forward with the infantry to add three more fifty cal's. Yeah. And you know, just kind of spun them around in a secondary. Uh, so those are the mortar options in addition to the um, the the heavy mortar, the chemical mortar.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, then for your traditional gun options that we your have howitzers, yeah. the howitzers, um, for our armored howitzers we have the priest which is the exact same as the British one, hard stat-wise. Soft stat-wise, though, they are confident with a veteran skill rating, so that's huge with them having the veteran, because they are actually one of the few American artillery pieces that actually have veteran. Everyone else is trained. Um, They are hit on 3-plus aggressive. Um, They are front armor 3, side armor 1. A big thing on it, though, is they have the anti-tank 3 firepower 3-plus. they got that three plus firepower instead of that four plus. And yeah, that becomes
1: very very scary for people to deal with. Um, then you our other. So I think that there's probably going to be some people saying like, "Well, the British he- priests are hit on a four plus They're fearless instead of confident, all that stuff." There's one more of them in the unit with each like bracket of them that you buy. Versus like the U.S. ones, you buy mm-hmm. three. The you, buy three ones, you buy three, three six. It and was British like. It's, those qualities do matter, they just don't matter as much as everything else. The mic target, the them not being very expensive. Uh, I've gotten into You're that. essentially paying twice as many points for a really similar unit, just for a couple advantages. Yeah, I've
0: gotten into that argument once. And all I said to make him kind of think about it was, yeah, but in what situations Am I throwing my priests at somebody, making it so that the hit on 3-plus matters, and they're not just going to be 4-plus for sitting in a forest anyway? He said, well, if they're sitting in a forest and they're British, they're 5-plus. I said, yeah, but I'll have an extra unit of mortars in my back line instead of having an extra priest and a 4-plus hit on it. Like, okay,
1: if we actually play this artillery duel out, like with one British unit versus two U.S. priest units... The U.S. Priest units will probably win the counter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so then, our other armored ones, we
0: have a uh, M8 Scott, which is a Stuart chassis with a 75mm short nose howitzer. It's anti-tank 2 firepower 4 plus with smoke bombardment. It has a direct fire option of anti-tank 6 firepower 3 plus smoke with the halted 2. On this, got Stuart um, mobility stats. So a kind of awkward one. It's missing brutal on the direct fire because it's only a seventy-five millimeter. So you can't take advantage of that speed to pop up to a building and start shelling it with brutal. It does have two shots, though. Mm-hmm. It does have the two shots, and it also has the smoke compartment okay. capability. So that's how many points are they? They are six points for three of them, so two points apiece. That's actually not bad. Yeah, the the speed is the main thing that uh, that is their bonus because they're Stuart tactical. They're their stuart only fun armor three. Yep. And so they're able to start on the board. In, oh in, in yeah, my deep reserves. I, didn't,
1: I didn't think about that. Yeah, I think they're okay. Yeah, they're they're all right. My big my
0: big negative towards them is um, the times I've proxied them and ran them is they've turned into a six point smoke bombardment. And there's yeah. ways for a U.S. player to get a twelve inch smoke bombardment for cheaper. There's definitely ways to play this, but I would have to use them consecutively to figure out their niche. Because yeah. it's a very specific kind of unit. Uh, yeah. One of the other options that we have is a assault gun platoon of M4 Shermans, which is Shermans with literally a, a 105 millimeter howitzer mounted in the hull. Yeah. Or not in the hull, in the turret. So it's an M4 Sherman with instead of a 75 or a 76 millimeter gun, it's a 105 howitzer. So it is halted moving one one. That's one of the other kind of. A, Downsides to the Priest, one of the few downsides, is it does not have a halted 2 rate of fire. It's 1-1 one, one with slow firing, so if you move, you're a plus 1 to hit. However, the Sherman one is the Priest gun, so the direct fire does have Brutal. Yeah. So you can move it into a position with 4 of them and actually kind of feasibly start hitting a house or something. Uh, it, it only has a 48-inch range on its artillery, and that's to represent the... Uh, the uh, um, Lower the depression yeah, or the elevation that they couldn't get it as elevated up as a priest because a priest is open top so that gun can go all the way up yeah and whereas this is it's just replacing the Sherman it has Sherman mobility stats which is solid uh, another thing with the Sherman ten five is it does not have the time on target rule okay so that is something that is important that we'll discuss here momentarily uh, then one of the other armored options is a Calliope, which is a Sherman with a shitload of rockets strapped onto the top of it. It is Anti-Tank 2 Firepower 5 Plus Salvo with a 48-inch range. It is 8 points for 3 of them. You can downgrade them to base M4 Shermans for 1 point to make it 7 points. Yeah. Which isn't bad, but talking to our mutual friend Dave, the problem he kept on running into is the, what I've dubbed, the salvo problem, the yeah. danger close is it's such a large template, and the danger close on it is six inches. It makes it so that you're only able to fire it for two turns if you're needing to move on. Pretty to the much, yeah. And having a five plus firepower on it, just it's not it's not that good. And the uh, the only thing that could have made this better in my eyes, this is this is the uh, Flames of War representing the first generation calliopes. later generation calliopes and like April the 45 they could use their main battery it was a, yeah, the, it was the a, cannon yeah yeah it was a separate it was a separate attachment the gun on this model but then would, it would cost more points it would cost more points yeah but that would have been a redeeming factor of like okay well this, this so the thing with this is this tank literally only has the Chicago piano which is what the rockets were called right Chicago <laughs> um, and the it and the Sherman mgs the four shots yeah So, it is trained, confident, and careful with a base Front Armor 7. So, not that bad when you downgrade it to 7 points, because that's 7 points for a salvo template with Front Armor 6. Yeah. But, you run into the salvo problem, which we can go into later if we have a little bit of time. Yeah. Uh, And so then, for our non-armored options, we have a T-27 Xylophone, which is a... it's basically the exact same salvo as... The calliope, it's just mounted on an unarmored truck. Yeah. So, big negatives to that being, it's unarmored, it can be pinned, it has a flat 5 plus save, so those little uh, 250 clown cars with 3 MG shots apiece, you just roll them up to it and go, okay, here comes 9 shots, don't roll 5s. It also has
1: a 5 plus save that gets hit by, anim- gets yeah. hit by enemy artillery, yeah. and like, unarmored tank teams can't even be dug in. They don't <clears> even <throat> need a firepower power check to kill you.
0: Yep, and they are affected by brutal. Yeah so if you get hit with a brutal weapon or a repeat bombardment, you are re-rolling successful saves. Um, and so the nice thing about it is, uh oh, and then the other, other big negatives, which is kind of funny, uh, it is forward firing and I have not gotten a solid answer from anyone on what the forward arc on this thing is. Who cares, honestly. <laughs> um, and no smoke. Yeah, well, yeah. Rockets don't Yeah, have smoke. rockets don't have smoke but that being a negative on this, so two of them is only three points, which isn't that bad for a salvo, but then you run into the salvo problem. The Template's so large, you're only able to use it for a few turns. Uh, and then four of them cost seven points. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing with unarmored as well that I have not encountered that much, but if they are assaulted, they automatically break. Huh, I didn't know that. So, they just freaking leave. Yeah. Uh, and so then our main main options. We have I didn't I didn't take the card out, um, so I'll say it for the best of my abilities that I can remember. Um, Paratroopers have a 75 millimeter pack howitzer.
1: Oh, I completely forgot about the British one, too. Yeah, Yeah. Oh, and you guys got a 75 millimeter pack howitzer. Okay, so just real quick, the airborne 75 millimeter pack howitzer is the same one the U.S. has. British airborne have it. uh, 12 points for four of them. Four plus firepower, AT two. Uh it has spoke. It's actually not that bad. Yeah, and I think the American stats are the same where the
0: main thing that you're doing with that, especially with the airborne, is the mo- you got the mobility stats. I think it's got like a six inch tactical or something, right? There's two, maybe three ten five howitzer options. You have the ten five cannon platoon, which just has a anti tank three, firepower three plus, forward firing, smoke bombardment, fifty six inch range. It's a one it's a ten five Light howitzer. Um, then you got the heavy howitzer, which is fielded by the field artillery battery, which, like the priest, is veteran. So you're able to get that veteran rules aggressive and confident. So a three plus hit on again, but still not really. It's not important to put points into making your artillery your backline artillery four plus. Yeah. Um, and then same same gun as the priests. And the other thing with the ten fives is they got time on target. Yeah, four ten fives is ten points, mm-hmm. which is not bad for world artillery. Yeah, okay, but so the thing that I keep alluding to and mentioning on the priests and the ten fives is the American special rule time on target. Which before I go into that, I will go into the other American special rule: infantry platoon unit leaders can operate as observers. Mm-hmm. Any infantry platoon leader. Now, some people mistakenly think it's any platoon leader, but it is every infantry platoon leader. So just to be clear, it will say on the unit's card yes, if it can yes. do it. Yes, if it's able to do it at the top of the card with all the rules, you know, like for the ten-five field artillery, gun unit, gun shield, large gun, time on target, it will say observer on that if the unit has it, which makes it so that you're able to or at least my take on it because we were discussing this before we started recording being able to run a rifle company or an armored rifle company and have two platoons and a formation command making it that you have three observers makes it so you can spam out cheap mortars and not have to worry about leaving them open to direct lines of fire you know especially in a rifle platoon being able to take two units of the 60mm and then take like a unit of priests and a unit of a uh, ten-five, within, yeah. you have enough observers that you don't have to worry about them just direct
1: line line assigning themselves. Yeah, and uh, the recon units, I think, a lot of yeah. them have yeah. Uh, observers. Yeah. yeah, the recon, the recon, the uh, greyhounds, the, yeah. all, all the recon, we... That also includes the uh, security sections that you get in U.S. tank destroyer companies. Yep, uh, the greyhounds. we... U.S. does have a Sherman OP and
0: a air OP, whatever it's called. You guys have the Oster. Yeah, I remember that's what it's called, but I forget. The what U.S. is guys, the grasshopper, grasshopper, Where it's, it's not uh, worth it. yeah, it's too many points for too much of a niche thing. Neat, nonetheless, that they put it in the game, but yeah. still not entirely yeah. worth it. But rotating back to the other main rule, time on target. If ranged in on the first attempt. Infantry teams and gun teams Reroll saves
1: Yeah Just like it's a repeat bombardment Which is Brutal Yeah (laughs) (laughs) I think
0: But no so basically what that means is Danny has a platoon of infantry sitting in a building I range in my priest on it And I happen to roll that 4 Because they're a veteran so they're ranging on 4s And I hit it on that first attempt He's now having to confirm all of his saves as if it was a repeat bombardment, so it's forcing those additional rolls a turn earlier if it goes off with the three plus firepower. Yeah, which he has been on the receiving end a couple of times. Yeah, needless to say,
1: is is okay. quite brutal. Okay, so conclusion: U.S. has the best artillery in the game. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll touch on Soviet and German in
0: a bit. Soviets are very stylized, and the Germans are very much a oh, we need a gun to do this, and so they made a gun to do this. So Soviet artillery, their main shtick is they do not have the capability to fire smoke bombardments unless you use the command card under the cover of smoke for three points, which you need to be placing. It needs to have range and markers placed on the table prior to the game to go off. It's a smoke screen that lasts the first two turns of the game, but it's one of those things where, especially in competitive play at tournaments, where you're rolling up and... uh, enough of the missions don't place ranged in markers that you're just throwing three points away most of the time. Yeah. Uh, but so, for the Soviets, they have a, um, an interesting spread of, uh, stuff. Their armored units, they have the SU-76, which is the 76 millimeter howitzer, or anti-tank gun? A lot of their stuff is dual purpose. It's a howitzer. Yeah, a lot of their stuff is dual purpose. But anyway, um, this is the one that I was kind of alluding to, saying that they don't have an armored mortar, but they kind of do. Yeah. The SU seventy-six is um, ten points for four of them with forward firing. It has a seventy-two inch range on its main gun, which is anything, anything yeah. you want to hit on the table. It's got anti-tank two firepower four plus, direct fire of twenty-four inches with halted two moving one, with anti-tank nine firepower three plus so right. 10 points might sound like a lot for that for no smoke but one of the sneaky things it does is that front armor four yeah which is especially in the armored car meta hell that we're stuck in now of spamming two centimeters 50 cals and 45 millimeters that front armor four makes it so that they actually have to punch around to the side
1: yeah uh so su-76s i think are super relevant in mid-war which again we're talking about a really more yeah. stats but I think they're I think they're actually okay in late war yeah.
0: too. Yeah, it's a, it's a decent option to be able to have something that's mobile. Yeah, I've been playing with them a lot in games against Paul of just taking three or four of them to just
1: go. okay, This is, is another bad comparison bad. back to the twenty five pounders and the sextants. You got really similar stats. Yep, and they're cheaper. Yep, and the only thing that's different is I think the AT. You have
0: eight more inches of range and one more point of anti tank. Yeah, and the artillery and the yeah. direct fire, they're
1: yeah. almost exactly the same.
0: Uh, Then your heavy howitzer options are the ISUs, which is the ISU-122 and the ISU-152, which mounts the 122mm howitzer and 152mm, respectively. So the ISU-122 is anti-tank 3, firepower 3, plus forward firing with a 72-inch range, then a direct fire of 28 inches with halted 1 moving, 1 slow firing, so if you move your 1 yeah anti-tank 14 firepower 2 plus yeah with brutal Mm -hmm. it's the is2s gun basically it's the same stats so you have the capability to be able to uh depress that and direct fire but the main issue that i run into with the isus is they are on is chassis front armor 9 side armor 8 trained confident and aggressive
1: four of them clock in at 25 points yeah 25 points is a lot lot. it's really expensive you end
0: up the few lists that i've ran them where they i've been able to kind of do something with them is i've been max it's them and then the cheapest of everything else to try and fill the board up but it's like
1: it's a 25 point unit that like if 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 the 18 point unit of m10s ever gets to shoot at them yeah yeah they're done (laughs) and then the isu 152 are
0: 29 points for four of them <laughs> so even more but the main reason why i find that they're 29 was that one game of flames of war we played at the apartment that was kind of awkward where if i hit your Cromwells, they just blew up yeah it's at 13 it's at right? 13 with a yeah. uh, auto firepower with a 20 inch yeah 20 inch range which is hilarious but again you're spending points to have it on a front armor nine side armor eight chassis which goes to the meta argument i think i made in the second episode of how dominant AT-14 is. Where, yeah. Like he said, his 18-point unit of M10s will mulch these for lunch. Yeah. So neat. The auto firepower with Brutal is also like kind of a neat thing against infantry and buildings as well. But again, you can 29 points for four of them. Yeah. 36 if you want five. And uh, you can add uh, a 12.7 A A M G MG for plus one point Yeah. for all of them. Yeah. It's not per, but... It is options, but not good options. Yeah. Uh, So then for our unarmored artillery for the Soviets, they have 82mm mortars and 120mm mortars. In my eyes, this is where Soviets shine. You can get six 82mm mortars for four points. Yeah. That six means you are re-rolling failed hits. It's anti-tank one, firepower four plus. These things are a pin machine. Yeah. You throw them at whatever it is you need to pin, as long as you range in, which with them being trained, if you're touching terrain, is a five. It doesn't even matter that much, because if you get it on the second or third attempt, you're still throwing two dice per each yeah. team getting hit. You know, so four points for six, that is huge. Uh I have six of them in every single list, because the other thing with it is the majority of Soviet formations have them as a gray box unit in the formation.
1: Yes, and so- this is a another Like comparison, back just circling back to the British again every time we get to this. If you want British mortars, which, as discussed, are their best option for artillery, it's the cheapest thing, and they're pretty good. Uh, In order to get them, you have to run an infantry company of some kind. You have to run a rifle company, a motor company, uh, airborne, something. You cannot get them in a tank formation, and you can't uh, you can't take them as a support option either, and uh, the things in your support tree are the howitzer stuff yeah. that really really expensive. Whereas like the Soviets can take their mortars and their armored companies or sorry their armored what 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 word did the Soviet battalion. Call? Batt- battalions. <laughs> well,
0: battalions, because you're using a battalion. You know, one the Soviet formation breakdown is your formation HQ. Is a battalion commander, and then instead of platoons. You have companies. So think about it. My ten T thirty fours in the company is what you would be fielding as a British company. Yeah, it just isn't split further. But in anyway. any case, yeah. yeah. So
1: in, in the tank uh, battalion, you can take mortars uh, in Americans. Uh, Most we'll get their armor. Get armored m- mortars. You get your armored yeah. mortars in your tank companies. British cannot even do any of that, and that is huge for a roundabout reason because it's another
0: unit that makes it so that you don't get broken. Yeah, especially for Soviets, it allows you to put this unit in your back line. Where cool, as long as I have this and one other thing alive, if everything else dies, I'm still not fallen. Yeah, is handy. Uh, so then the other option that the British have, or that not British, the Russians have is a um, 120 millimeter mortars yep. so these are only available to uh, infantry battalions mm-hmm. you cannot take them in armored battalions as a gray box yeah but they are anti-tank two firepower three plus so they're the big beefy mortars yeah they only have a four plus save instead of the three plus save because it's a much bigger mortar same soft stats trained confident aggressive and it is six points for six of them or three points for three
1: yeah which so it's not
0: bad for a three plus firepower weapon
1: so think the British heavy mortars, the 4.2s, which is the uh, same hard stats pretty much. Yeah. Nine points for four of them, versus six points for six of them. For six of them. Yeah. Like, the, uh, you're paying more points for a unit that doesn't hit as hard when it fires artillery. Yeah. Uh, then our other soft
0: options are heavy howitzers. We have the 122 millimeter artillery battery. Which is an anti-tank three firepower three plus forward firing gun, four plus save. It's ye old howitzer, big gun on two wheels with the two legs out. Yeah. It's still got the gun shield, it's large gun. One of the things with it is it has no tactical move with a terrain dash. So if you assault these with something and the assault fails, they just yeah. die. And then they are direct fire one, one 18, nine, firepower two plus with brutal. Then the 152s in comparison, exact same soft stats, just a different gun. They have a little bit more range, I believe. No, they're both 80 inches. They're both an 80-inch range. Uh, the 152 is anti-tank 3, firepower 2+, plus, so you got a 2-plus barrage weapon, which is pretty insane. And then a direct fire range of 16 with halted 1 moving nothing, so if you pin them and assault them, there's no shots. AT12 with auto firepower with no tactical again. Both of these, four of them, are, um, four of them are eight points for the 122s. Four of them for the 152s are 12. And then the other artillery option that I forgot to grab the card for is the gun that is in the SU-76 and it is just wheel mounted. And the big thing with that wheel mounted uh, 76 millimeter, it has a six-inch tactical, so if it assaults, it can escape. Huh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they got a six-inch tactical and I think of three or four plus cross. They were designed to be super light so that they wouldn't have to have a tractor or truck wheel it up to the front line. It would yeah. go on a train bed, and then your four guys, you'd have two in the back and two in the front, and you would just run with it. It was heavy, but it was light for a gun. Yeah, um, then the, uh, yeah and then 80 inches with both. The 152 is kind of interesting. The 122, I've ran quite a bit in games. And it's been a while, but I ran them a lot in games against Paul because of that 3-plus uh, firepower. You know, because a lot of the Soviet stuff is eight a 4-plus firepower, yeah. and 8 points for 4 of them, 2 points per gun, is not bad. And then the final option is also 8 points. So that's one of the neat things with the Soviets, is this final option, the 122s and the 76s, all 8 points. So you yeah. can kind of interchange them. So the last option is Katyushas. It is 8 points for 4 of them, which is just like the 122 and the 76 millimeter guns, which is nice for list building, because it makes yeah. it an easy swap to kind of figure out. Um... It's an unarmored tank team with a 5-plus save, so you got all the issues of brutal repeat bombardments with a 5-plus save. That being yeah. the only thing you're ever going to get. Uh, one of the bonuses to it, though, is it is fearless because it's a garbage unit, so if it yes. is pinned, it is re, uh, it is uh, rallying on a
1: 3-plus. Yeah. Um, all the other toad guns are a 4-plus. Um, I just want to quickly say that, like, if you do have to take, like, toad artillery or mortars or something that can get... or, Yeah, that can get pinned... Uh, a good way to get around it is if you keep your HQ within six inches of the uh, unit, leader. unit leader of these units, even if it's a support unit, you do still get a reroll for yep. your motivation. That's something
0: that uh, my Germans will do, where um, I'll usually have one of the formation commanders as kind of the throwaway formation commander he will sit to keep the back line rallying. Yeah. Because a lot of my German lists are reluctant, so they're sitting on a five plus base. Yeah. But anyway, so then back to the Russians. Uh, Anti-tank 2, firepower 4+, plus, which is not bad because it's a 4-plus on a salvo, yeah. which you don't really see that much. A lot of the other salvos are 5-plus. Yeah. Uh, but the other negative to it is with it being unarmored and with it being able to be pinned, is, um, that's the only weapon it has. So if it's pinned, yeah. it just kind of, if you don't rally, it's bad luck, Brian. You're just kind of sitting there going, oh, I guess that's it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that covers uh, all of the Allied. We're going to have to do a little separate video or a little separate episode on the Axis options, yeah. which we will cover all of the Axis allies in that video as well. Uh, the Germans, to give a little bit of a preview, they are the Swiss Army knife of artillery options. Yeah, they have a lot of options. Uh, for those watching the video, this stack is the stack of american and soviet artillery options this stack is about two-thirds to three-quarters of the german artillery options in bulge german alone so the nice thing with the germans without going into max detail is they work in the meta because they are tailored to a specific purpose you need a cheap smoke bombardment unit. They got mortars that can do it. You need something cheap that's able to pin things. You got cheap salvos, which, again, eh, but also cheap mortars. You need a good all-around hard-hitting artillery unit. Their Wesps and Grills are really freaking good and pretty cheap for a yeah. veteran artillery unit. They're not quite as good as U.S. Priests. Before we go into the analysis, quickly, of who's the worst I'll give you a that hint It's says the title <laughs> um, we will quick look at non artillery
1: artillery options so uh, we'll, we'll do, let's let's put it this way alternatives to artillery yes, our, alternatives to artillery that are fulfilling what artillery does
0: so yeah, stuff so, that
1: pins easily and deals with dug in infantry yeah so that's that's the thing with artillery is like you can do some damage to tanks with it, but what artillery is really for in this game is killing infantry that are dug in or in bulletproof cover, uh, like especially in buildings, yeah. because uh, like direct firing any guns at them isn't going to do much getting, uh, assaulting them with tanks sometimes works, but infantry can be equipped to prevent that. And if they're in buildings, the tanks can't catch them. So, what you really need is you need something, uh, that can make them fail a save, and then Pacifier power check and the artillery templates are really good. You can get a lot of te- teams underneath them. And just with the native rule of repeat
0: bombardments as a yeah. global rule for everybody. Make them you,
1: re-roll if, their saves. If you're firing on a target that
0: you don't have to that you didn't range in on, so if you're firing on your range and marker that you did last turn, infantry unarmored and gun teams underneath it underneath that template are re rolling successful saves. So yeah. you're having to pass two saves. And so then that kind of comes into the bad feeling with the twenty five pounders in British because yeah sure you're re rolling but then you still got to pass the four you plus still got to pass the four plus firepower so that so non artillery artillery rolls what because that's that's where the British shine the British even though they have the bottom of the barrel artillery yeah. they're still
1: one of the most competitive books yeah in the meta right now even what? though we haven't talked about the Axis artillery yet I yeah. want to say that like. The British are worse than yes. any of the, the Axis are, countries. The
0: British are definitively worse. They do less and cost more. Yeah. But non-artillery, artillery options. What is yeah. it that the yeah. British Alter- have?
1: Alternatives, yeah. Because yes. some of these are literally just not artillery. Yeah. So your two main things are going to be uh, flamethrowers and uh, avries. That's A-V-R-E. Uh, so which one do we want to do first? Uh, we do the uh, let's do the yeah, Avery first so because I don't think I, and I don't think any other army has something like it. Yeah, the closest thing is the Sturm Tiger, yeah. but that's even that's different. Yeah. So the Averys are uh, it's essentially a uh, Churchill chassis. They're uh, front armor nine, uh, side rear eight, top armor two. Uh, pretty slow, eight inch tactical. It's a Churchill. Yeah, uh, two plus cross though. Um and the main cannon has been replaced by a uh, spigot mortar that fires these 40-pound demolition charges. It only has a 6-inch range, so don't think of them so much as, like, uh, artillery. They don't sit, sit at the back of the board. They attempt to drive up as close as they can get. Uh, then uh, they range in on a 3+. plus. They ignore most of the rules that artillery has. Mm-hmm. There's uh, no danger danger close. close. Um, What was the other thing? Oh, yeah. uh, There's only two Averys in the unit, but they don't have to re-roll their hits for for there being less than three teams firing. Uh, And then, regardless of whether they range in on the first attempt or they've already ranged in or whatever... Everyone has to re-roll their successful saves. Yeah. Uh, I should note, though, that this bombardment is... It's AT-1, but it's firepower auto. So if you range in your avarice on some infantry, some AT guns, some armored... That nice board. German platoon I have sitting on the objective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I range in a 3+, plus then... Uh, You have to reroll your saves, and if you fail that save, that model is gone. There's no rolling for firepower, automatically succeed. Uh, And it's only eight points for two of them. So compare that to the points cost we were talking about earlier for uh, British artillery. I've actually seen two units of Averys, so four vehicles total kill an entire infantry platoon by themselves in two turns. Oh, I believe it. If you don't have something equipped to deal with the front armor 9, side armor 8... If you don't kill them, they're going to yeah. just annihilate every gun team and infantry in front of them. The only issue with them is that they they can't do anything against mm-hmm. armored vehicles.
0: And they only have the two teams in it, so you run into that overall issue of a two-tank unit. Yeah, if you one kill goes, one, then you got to take one last one down, stage. you start taking last stands, or the... Uh, the instance of your dice giving you the finger where you fail to remount the bailed out one and then they run.
1: Yeah. Uh they do have protected ammo. They have a three plus yeah. remount. And they're uh, and they're confident. They're confident. Yeah. yeah so four, four plus. plus so
0: not not bad. Just
1: keep your HQ near them and yep. also I would say like make sure you support them with things that have MGs and yeah. do not do yet. not roll them up Don't let them don't, don't let don't let them get assaulted. Uh but yeah, Averys are Pretty great at wiping out mobs of infantry and AT guns, yeah. and uh, no smoke from the Averys in case yeah. that wasn't obvious. Uh, but so then that's your your flub gun option, yeah. and then your other one is the crocodile. Yeah, for the Averys, my recommendation though is like. Uh, take two units of them because they 16 they set That's they set a lot of players times? on alarm. Like they see yeah. Averys and they're gonna target them really quickly because they know that if it gets in range that yeah, yeah whatever their in. infantry is toast. Yeah. Uh but again, useless against tanks. So just be aware of that. Okay, so flamethrowers? Yeah, flamethrowers. So your options are gonna be crocodiles. You can take this as a support option, and then uh, there's a. A command card for I think like a pioneer wasps, platoon and wasps, too, right? Uh, I'll, players, I'll get to the wasps yeah. in a second. You can take like a pioneer platoon that's like an infantry that can take a flamethrower. I've never seen anyone actually do that, but it is there. Uh, and then wasps are they're universal carriers that have flamethrowers and nasty little buggers. Yeah, the wasps are they're really fast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they get four shots with their flamethrowers. The crocodiles get six. The infantry flamethrower gets two. Um, and the big difference between the
0: wasps and the crocodiles is it's killing a UGC versus killing a...
1: Yeah, good luck killing the and crocodile. And the crocodile
0: is the... It's the armored variant.
1: Yeah, I think the crocodile is like the star of this. That's the one yeah. that we're going to talk about the most. Because uh, their flamethrowers have six shots with a six-inch range. Uh, and so... We should probably describe what a flamethrower actually does in this game.
0: It's pretty simple. You roll to hit. If you hit, if you hit, if you hit the target of that hit is automatically pinned. Yeah, you
1: don't have to get five they, hits. One is enough to pin.
0: They are brutal in the sense that infantry and unarmored infantry, gun teams, and unarmored tank teams have to roll two saves yeah. passing both of them, and then it has an auto firepower. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that most of the flamethrowers do as well is they have a... Uh, uh, downgraded assault stats because. Yeah, you're pretty using much anything flamethrower, with flamethrower. They yeah. don't want to be assaulted.
1: Yeah, pretty much any flamethrower equipped vehicle is going to be vulnerable to assault.
0: Um, and, and the range. So it's a very awkward thing because most of the time your range is four to six inches. So you're going to be. I think crocodiles are the only ones that are six. Yeah. Everything else is four. So most of the other stuff, everything else is four. Crocodiles are six. So you're at that awkward range where you're having to be careful with yeah. assaults but you're still getting six shots of the flamethrower, which is, is it forward firing? Yeah, it's forward firing. It's forward firing, so you gotta be careful with that. Yeah, that's right, I've gotten Paul a couple times with that, that you gotta be careful.
1: So, uh, let's talk about the crocodiles in detail, because this is a unit that a lot of people like, a lot of people run them. You see them more than the average.
0: Yeah, and you'll, if you play competitively and someone's playing British are you're gonna see these.
1: Yeah, so it's 21 points for three, or 14 points for two, that is a lot but uh considering what they do uh they're it's it's kind of worth yeah. it uh front armor 11. So that's really good thing. That's yeah and it's thing. 11 on all three of them compared to like the regular churchill units you can only get one with the front armor 11. side armor eight top armor top armor is one versus the other uh churchills are top armor two so but that is another flight, weakness that they the have trailer the yeah. flamethrower thing it's they, another they weakness that they mount. have is you can take you can at least bail them out with yeah. artillery. That's one way to get uh, to deal with them. Um, yeah, they can't capture an objective. They can only yeah. can test them. Yeah, they so can They cannot hold objectives. Thing. They can't charge into contact. They need assault. They need support. They yeah. need supporting. Another thing they do have though is they have the seventy-five millimeter gun. Yeah, still, so, so you're able to have AT-10
0: firepower three plus with smoke. So they, so they can so actually they can shoot at tanks. Fire smoke.
1: So that's the one of the things that the crocodiles have over the Avarice if you're trying to decide which of them you're gonna run is that the crocodiles are actually good in a game where you, well they're okay in a game yeah. where your opponent they has, have the
0: capability like, to do if you play
1: someone that has nothing but armored tank teams which you'll see that a yeah. lot yeah um, then the avaries are pretty much completely useless yeah whereas the crocodiles can actually chew down the tanks.
0: And the, the the issue that the main gun runs into is kind of what I was talking about earlier with the 75mm in late war is not what it was in mid-war. Yeah. A T-10 is not much to write home about anymore. There is spammable armies now that will just straight up either, cool, I roll a 1 and you have a chance to bail me, or there's physically nothing you can do and you have to get around to the side. Yeah. But against you know medium tanks, like uh, Paul mulched some of my T-34s with his Crocs.
1: Yeah. Where he was just able to direct fire with the main battery. A problem that flamethrowers have too, though, is if the target you're shooting at is gone to ground, then but it's going to. You're be still harder. you're still hitting on fives or sixes, but yeah. with the Crocs, you're still throwing
0: eighteen dice for all three. Yeah, still solid. So every single other nation has a flamethrower option except the Americans, because I think the Americans' flamethrower option is napalm bombs in their planes. You have a command card to give your plane's napalm bombs. Oh, I didn't know that. It's not used that much because it's pretty expensive. However, yeah. um, the Germans have flamethrower, flamethrower. Uh, I think Panzer III's. Uh, the bulge Germans have um, Hetzer flamethrowers. Almost everyone can take a Pioneer platoon yeah, with a flamethrower. Yeah, of some sort with flamethrowers. And that's your if you're not using artillery, the flamethrowers are really your
1: next best option for dealing with Duggan infantry especially uh, considering that they only have to hit. Flamethrowers are better against anti-tank guns because there's not as many things that you need to hit. Yeah. Uh, if the infantry stay on the underground, it's actually kind of difficult to kill them with flamethrowers. Yeah, and the uh, one of the other important points to note with flamethrowers is
0: in defensive fire, you still have to get five hits with flamethrowers. Yeah. One hit does not auto-pan and auto-force the assault to fail. Yeah. That would be insane if <laughs> that <was laughs> pretty the case. Insane. But, but no, so... Uh, those are really the uh, mm, artillery role options of something that doesn't have yeah, artillery. And D-Day British is still one of the best books in the game. I think so. And they do just fine without their artillery. However, I think in terms of tier list for allied artillery, British are definitely at the bottom.
1: Yeah, I think they're definitely worse the than bottom. all the ISIS ones too.
0: Yeah, I, I can see that. Um, Soviets, I put it second second worst <laughs> yeah second worst because the the big the, the big uh, the big thing with the Soviets is it's cheap enough you can throw a lot out like if yeah. I really wanted to and you have the slots to the compl- the
1: only reason why I would put Soviets
0: that low though is they just have no smoke yeah they have no they have no smoke and across the board they're trained yeah uh, And then number one across the board is Americans their capability to have as many observers in the army as they have infantry platoons their guns are just across the board they're just better you know, yeah. the majority of their Howitzers are a 3-plus firepower, not a 4-plus, and how much better time on target is than my yeah. target. The capability to hit something and force them to be re-rolling will kill you more stands. I mean, granted, again, it's a dice game, so there's every single chance you just roll three ones to range in, and you're just like, but that's part of the thing of the game. You play enough games, enough games that statistics start to normalize for how the way statistics work, The priests with time on target are going to kill units that time on target affects faster and more regularly than multiple units with my target. Yeah,
1: I think so that's the thesis with the Americans is like they have a lot of artillery options, all of them are at least okay. Yeah. Some of them are really good, and the the U.S. Priests are the best artillery unit in, yeah. in the game for and, the points that they cost. And, and the freaking Xylophone, the
0: Xylophone is just that. that's the bottom of the barrel for them. And that's still not that
1: bad. Three points for two The British salvos. don't even have a salvo. Yeah. Uh, I think they will have one in Bulge, though. Yeah. The land mattresses, that's yeah, got to be a salvo. Right? So the,
0: yeah, so that'll be an interesting one. But... With us being a little bit, over time, Americans, best, Soviets, second worst, and British, definitely the worst off in terms of artillery, however, it is interesting, just from a little perspective, that even though the British are the worst artillery, they have some of the best units, they have some Some of the best alternatives alternatives in the game. Uh, but yeah, so that's gonna be it for today's podcast. A huge thank you to all the Patreons that support. Uh, hope you enjoyed actually seeing us talking through this. If you're on YouTube and just hearing this, my lowest tier on Patreon is only $1. So if you wanna see our faces as we shit talk each other, uh, be sure to uh, check out my Patreon, I'll have the link down below. Uh, um, but please be sure to follow me on my other, my other accounts if you're following me on TikTok and you see this. I got Instagram, I got Twitter, I got yeah. Facebook. So be sure to cross follow me on all of those. Uh, and I just did a Team Yankee battle report. We'll probably do a, uh, we'll probably do try and do two podcasts next month for sure. Yeah. Try and get one for the uh, Battle Alley AAR. Yeah. Do that. I actually it might be three because I think you and I will do a Flames of War AAR. And uh, but he's
1: talking, you're talking about Dragonfall. Dragonfall,
0: that. yeah, sorry, Dragonfall. Dragonfall is at the end of October. It's a big gaming convention up in Lake Geneva. Flames of War is on Saturday. Team Yankee is on Sunday. Yep. So we'll probably have a standalone one for uh, Flames of War. Uh, maybe I'll drag our our friend Paul, not yep. roommate Paul, or Owen, in to okay. have a two-person thing for the Team Yankee bit, and then we can do part two of Is British Artillery Bad?
1: Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alright, well, thank you everybody for tuning in. I hope you all have a
1: good rest of your day, and I will catch you later. Hit the button.